The RTE Rugby Podcast, sponsored by Canterbury. See the new Irish men and women's rugby jerseys at canterbury.com. And I'm delighted to say I have Ireland and Munster's Andrew Conway with me for this RTE Rugby Podcast special. Andrew, how are you? Well, good, thanks. Yourself? Not so bad. Not so bad. Obviously, there's a job to do this weekend, and that's your full focus. But with the squad announced yesterday, you're in it for the Six Nations. When you see the likes of um, Michael Lowry and Robert Balakun and Mac Hansen in the squad, what does that say to you? Does it, Are you comfortable enough in your own game to, and you know what the coaches want, that you stay like that? Or is there some parts of their game that you reckon maybe the coaches like that? What will I, will I try this out? Um, I don't know. I suppose any squad you're ever in, there's going to be, in the back three, there's going to be five or six other guys that have different styles to you. Some might be similar, some might be completely different. And you gotta probably own your your own style and and keep trying to grow with that. So you can only only but learn from the likes of those lads, Michael Larry, Rob Balatoon, who are playing unbelievable rugby. And they've been in they've been in camp before, so I've seen what they can do firsthand. The training pitch, they're obviously playing really really strong rugby for Ulster at the moment. So it's exciting um, to go in and have have a couple of fresh ish faces. And the, the fact that they've been there before, but probably don't have that same level of experience as other guys. But they bring in that bit of freshness, they're exciting players, obviously. So, yeah, I'm buzzing to work with them. You don't read between the lines or anything from the aspects of their game that might be appealing to, to Andy Farrell and, and try to, to increase, increase your own variety? Uh, I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say that at all, no. I think you just you, you, you stick to yourself. You try and learn from everyone, but I wouldn't be picking through the squad and thinking thinking in the way you're asking the question, no. Yeah. Um, Ireland under Andy Farrell, it's taken a while and there's been plenty of critics, but the consensus would be from after the England match at the end of the Six Nations and from the autumn games do seem to have forged an identity. Was that a target and a discussion? I mean, had the squad and the management spoken about moving on from what lots of people would have associated as a, a Joe Schmidt type game plan to how you appear to be playing now on a specific brand that Ireland have tagged on? I don't know. So, like, sport is fickle, as you know. So, at the moment, you know, we're we're coming off the back of some good victories, and I can tell you for sure with um with the performance that isn't up to the media standard or a loss in in a tough close Six Nations match, you can be full sure that there'll be a few critics again. So, we we certainly won't get ahead of ourselves and think that we've we've cultivated this really specific identity or re- really amazing culture. We we understand that it's a week to week game. It's a day-to-day game in terms of how you're pre- prepping and processing, and you you take you take each week each week as it comes. So um, you you try and obviously have it one eye on the big picture, but if you take your eye off the the little details of like we're we're obviously discussing the Six Nations here, but I've got a big match coming up on Sunday against Wasps that I need to put my best foot forward in for Munster. I can't like I'm here chatting to you on a on a Thursday about Six Nations, but yeah. believe me, I won't be taught, thinking about the Six Nations until until after the game on, on Sunday. Yeah, I know. But in terms of how Ireland did play, what was that brought up in a group meeting that Andy Farrell says, this is what we are going to do? And then if so, it must have been satisfying to see it play out on the field as you would have imagined it, if that was like a target that had been set. Yeah, every team has a way they're trying to play and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Our job is to make it work more often than not. Um, so whenever whenever things come together, of course, the satisfaction there. Um, 
but again, like to reiterate what I just said, it, it's 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 a fickle sport, and we 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 can't we can't be trying to do the exact same things we did in November in the Six Nations, or, or we're we're gonna we're gonna find out that teams have reviewed us, looked at us, and it's not going to be good enough. So as satisfying as a couple of months ago was, it was a couple of months ago. I read in Keith's book one of the things that stood out was he had spoken about the changes in coaching at Munster and it was a fundamental problem. It was part of the, the main reason why it hadn't achieved success or got silverware over the last 10 years. Do you agree with that? And can you just tell me a little bit about how the playing squad feel knowing that three of the senior, the, the head coach and the defence coach and the uh, senior coach are leaving? What does that do to the players? And do you agree with Keith's assertion about it being a fundamental problem? Well, it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? Um, obviously, you, you want you want as much consistency and continuity as possible, but that's that's the way professional sport is. Some some teams, um, some teams get get that consistency with a bit of luck and obviously um, some good work. And and unfortunately for us, we haven't had that complete run of of. Uh, but saying that now, even as I'm saying that, like Johan's been in here for four odd years I think maybe maybe going on five I know he came in the November so we'll probably just be five by the time he's leaving so we have that consistency so we can we can blame coaches and consistency all we want but there's been a fairly core group of players that have been there for the whole time me included I've been here for nine years now so we got to look at ourselves as well you know it's it's you can you can listen to other people's opinions and you can hear the the narrative that's going on and has been going on then the easy narrative um like you're asking me but if we look at it from a, a playing perspective we haven't been good enough ourselves and obviously i'm including myself in that so it, it yeah there's there's multiple reasons that we we haven't got a trophy in the cabinet but i think the consistency of the coaches is isn't at the top it's it's the players performance when it gets down to the business end of the season and that's that's the harsh reality of, of professional sport we need to be better Whenever we need to get ourselves in the position to, to win in these, so we're three out of three. Obviously, at the moment, we need to hopefully be four out of four on the weekend on, on Saturday or Sunday. See where the the chips fall in terms of our draw, and then players. We need to be better as players whenever it comes down to last sixteen, and hopefully we progress. Um, so that that's my opinion on it. Very good. And, and when you did mention there about the opinions and the commentary that's going on at the moment, there's plenty of it in it. Former Munster players who have want to have their say. We recorded uh, the main podcast with uh, Donald Lennon today. And aside from being a captain and a player for Munster for years, he, he actually really spoke from the heart as a Munster fan, who, a man who has been there from the very start of Munster's journey in Europe. Um, he was said he was talking to older Munster fans and it, it's, it's hurting them at the moment that they look at the other provinces, see how they're playing. And what would you say to the Munster fans out there who would want reassurance that the way Munster are playing will be able to inflict more damage if we get to a quarterfinal or a semi-final or a final this year? What's the message of assurance you'd have? What do you see behind the scenes that gives you the confidence this year would be different? Yeah, I it's a good question, in fairness. I think um, Caroline Kurd is in with us. I don't know, know if you know who she is. She's, the, she's worked at Limerick. Um, over the years, worked in three of the last four years and three, three of the times they they've they've won the championship. Um, and so she's she's brought in a real winning mindset and winning experience. And we've had a few really interesting meetings with her in front of the playing group and the coaches. And we're talking about 
probably stuff we've never done before, you know, actually including our mental prep as a weekly kind of, it, it's in our weekly schedule, let's put it that way, you know, it, which which in, in, in times gone by in a lot of sporting teams that I've been involved in, it's kind of seen as secondary. So you, you, you do all the physical prep, you're training two or three times a day, four or five times a week, you obviously play your match, you're doing your physical recovery. But you're, you're, you're kind of half left over, left to your own devices in terms of how you mentally prepare, how you mentally recover from both playing really well, but on the, in the sorry, but from playing, say, a poor match, but also in the exact same breath, a match you played well, you know, you see a lot some, when, whenever teams play some of their best rugby. The next week, they actually play really poor. And how, we need to learn why that is. You need someone who's been there and done that with different teams because it's not specifically about rugby. It's, it's sport. Um, so it's something we're working really hard on behind the scenes. I know there's a massive buy-in from the players and coaches. And, and we're, we're, we're having different conversations than we've had before. I agree with you as well. Our game needs to grow. Uh, of course it does. It, we, we, we're, we're at the moment, we're, we're looking at semi-finals. We've gone to a couple of finals and we, and we haven't won. So there's 100% there needs to be growth in what we're doing on the rugby pitch. But honestly, just, just, just as much, if not more importantly, there just needs, we're, we're doing that work behind the scenes with, with Caroline, who is opening our minds to different ways of thinking, to challenging us in ways that we haven't actually been challenged before. Um, what are we now? We're January, so it's early days. We've been working together for about six months, but you can feel the differences in, in, in people from, from different parts of the squad, say guys who are, are frustrated maybe that they're not getting games to guys who are on the back end of the career. And, and, and she's working with all those guys, me included individually, to try and get the best out of ourselves. And then it goes back to what I said of whenever it comes to business end of the season, the, the semifinals against the big teams, the big European teams, the big Leinster teams that were ready to go, that were mentally prepared to, to be able to mix up our game enough and, and have that freedom and detachment, I suppose, to, to go out and, just, and, and play rugby. And then, and then you're in with the shot, you know? Okay, I know you have a busy game or you have a busy couple of days ahead preparing for the game. It's Wasps on Sunday. Um, sometimes when Munster are up against it, their backs to the walls, they're able to produce this famous performance but it's something of a dead rubber from your perspective and um, what do you use for motivation in the absence of you know something being on the line at the end of this oh, i think you're way off the mark that it's a dead rubber how is it a dead rubber well you're already qualified so if you lose you're you're still qualified in in term in that terms uh, i mean yeah, and before obviously, obviously then we, we we won't we won't be seated very strongly so yeah it, it's far from a dead rubber Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but I was talking about sometimes when Munster have to win a game to stay alive in a competition, we see famous performances and, and that. So it was just in terms of that. So is that the same if you're just going for a seeding? Is it as motivating as, as, as the, the threat of, of going out of a competition? I, I think we have to win because if you look at the stats on, on teams that progress through the knockout rugby, it's the home, it's the home team. I don't have the figure, but it's 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 well um documented that home teams majority of the time are are coming out on the other side so we win on sunday we'll obviously we're i think we're third now the two teams that are ahead of us will have already played as far as i know we'll know what we'll need to do whether and obviously it's out of our hands we we we, we might only come third with five points as well but that puts us in the strongest position that we can possibly get to to then to, to kick on the competition so 
<laughs> I respectfully disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Happen. That's what I like to hear. Um, so, and finally, is, is there any way, part of you that will use some of the outside commentary and some of the criticisms to motivate yourselves as well, not just for the game on Sunday, but for the rest of the season? Um, not really. Um, again, like with, with all due respect, I'm, I'm not specifically talking to you here, but we... we <laughs> We understand. We understand why this criticism. Hundred percent. Don't get me wrong. Like we've, we, we, we have, we haven't played to our potential in some games. But I, I also do genuinely believe that a lot of it, a lot of the criticism is, um, is over the top in some form. Like you know, again, it, it there, there's there's times that we, we, we absolutely need to be better. We need to be a bit more, a bit more diverse in some of the things that we've done. But I, I do feel that there is, um. They're, they're, at times it's just it's just wrong and, and I, listen I don't expect journalists or whatever to, to understand the game in the same way we do because I go into meetings like four times a day three times a day to look at rugby you know what I mean my job is to understand rugby in its most detailed form and the, the, the guys who are writing about us it, it isn't it, it's to write newspaper articles it's to cover the game it's to give fans and supporters a bit of a snapshot of what they've seen. So if we're if we're taking what people say in the narrative um, to heart and and using other people's opinions to to set our own agendas and set our own opinions, I think we're I think we're going to be in big big trouble. So um, again, respectfully, I, I do understand the game and I know what it's about, but uh, it's it's certainly not something that is is going to be inspiring me or motivating me to. To, to to do better you know it's that's like um, me myself and my teammates have have different ways to motivate ourselves that's super andrew listen thanks very much i really appreciate your time uh, for joining us here on the rt rugby podcast and best luck on sunday and best luck for the rest of the season thank you cheers mate the rte rugby podcast sponsored by canterbury see the new irish men and women's rugby jerseys at canterbury.com